0: Hello and welcome to this second episode of Star Wars Universe Podcast of March 8th. Today we are talking about The Mandalorian, Season 3, Episode 2, with myself and Ashley Coffin. All that and more after commercial break, we have no control Welcome back, this is Matthew, your host. I'm joined, as I said quite regularly on this show, by Ashley Coffin. Ashley, how are we doing tonight? i am fantastic i'm actually pretty pumped after this episode it was really fun (laughs) yeah this was this was an interesting episode we got a lot of great stuff going on in it uh let's just kind of just jump right into it um so overall thoughts on the episode
1: Uh, i so i have a personal love affair with katie sackoff because i love battlestar galactica so the more of her i get the better and I, i don't know so much about the history of it all i know that um you know, Boba Fett calling her princess and that she, you know, I watched Uh a couple episodes, but I don't know the whole story. So it was really fun to like see her tell her story in the show.
0: Yeah. That's the kind of thing I love. And honestly, I think this season is tying so much into the animated shows. And for me, that is such a good reason why I think you're the perfect co-host for me, because I want that voice that represents the folks who who haven't seen all that. Because like when I see Bo-Katan, it's like, I'm seeing the top of the iceberg. I know everything that's below it. And I always wonder, like, are other fans not going to love it as much? And I, yeah. I love that it's a big thing for you because, and yeah, Katie Stackoff, she's been the voice, she was the voice actor for this character all along. We're talking about the- I love it. The actress who plays Bo-Katan. She will always be Starbuck to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I She definitely is. And I think the fact that this character is in a lot of ways very similar. Uh, in The Clone Wars, she's playing someone who's- of class, like she's she's going against the ruling power of mandalore which is kind of part of the irony of all this she's part of a group called death watch which the children of the watcher definitely have some connections to so like it all ties together in some great ways i have to say there was so much of this episode that i loved i loved all the character development i loved all we got from pokatan and there's gonna be a lot of good things to talk about i just want to say this quickly i just thought there were too many fight scenes like the fight oh, scenes so went on you know, a little bit too I, long. You
1: know, that's what I love. I love yeah. the fight scenes. Uh, and she is so much better at using the dark saber than he is. He should really yep. just give that to her at yep. this point.
0: <laughs> it's funny. Like one of the fight scenes I realized uh, the first time I watched it through when she and Grogu are going through and like the the, the big monster things that they give a name to. I totally forget what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they attack. I was I rolled my eyes. I was like, not another fight scene. But then I realized that it it tells us a very important thing, which is that Din is supposed to be this great hunter, this great bounty hunter, and he is, but he got ambushed by those creatures and she didn't. She knew what to look for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's 100% her home. She knows what to look for. And yes, seeing her both get to take the Darksaber, which to the real purists who say she has to win it in battle from Din, this probably doesn't count, but still- He's down. He's wounded. She takes it. That's got to count for something. I
1: was upset when he just put it back all nonchalant, loosey goosey. I'm like, are we not going to have a conversation about that? No. Uh, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. It was definitely disappointing. But but I get it because she really still holds to that belief, and, and we'll get to that. But yeah, I, I'm glad that you love them. It just it just went a little on a little bit too much for me. This like. The, the kind of Russian doll, droid, <laughs> uh, uh, a robot mecha thing it was just, I, I just wasn't here for it. But if other people loved it, that's awesome. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. I just
1: happy some lightsaber wielding. That's, that's fair. You know, that's that's, that's fair. my favorite. And I love the darksaber. I love that he still has a problem using yep. the darksaber. But, you know, and, and that's what I was saying to Ken. I was like, it's confidence. So you got to be confident in it, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Why is this so hard to wield the darksaber? Well, I know we talked about this, but refresh me.
0: Well, I think, and and they talked about this somewhat in uh, *Book of Boba Fett*, but also a lot in *The Clone Wars*. Yeah, you do have to have that confidence. You do, and that, but it's not just confidence; it's a real sense of like, you know, because for the Jedi, they connect with the lightsaber through the Force, and and part of that is just because remember, like. You're swinging something that's basically weightless. Like it, it, it doesn't have that heavy metal blade that a sword normally would. So your mm. balance is just all kinds of off. But also that like in the force, not that the lightsaber is sentient in any real way, but that you are connecting with it. You're connecting with the energy in it as its separate thing and you're, okay. and you're building a bond. And there's a lot of stories about how Jedi, like they pick up someone else's lightsaber and it just feels wrong to them. And so I think that's the other part of it. But also, and, and so for Bo Katan and all the Mandalorians, like none of that's there because none of them have the Force. But I think she and the other part of, like you know, the the more regular Mandalorian, the one who grew up on Mandalore itself, this is a huge part of their history. They know this. They they she picks it up and she immediately knows like what this is. Yeah. Dan, he didn't grow up hearing stories of the dark saber, mm. and so I think it's he he doesn't know it. I think he. She believes that she has a claim to the throne. He doesn't have any sense of that. Right now, he thinks of himself as an apostate. He thinks of himself not even worthy to call himself Mandalorian. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think there's all kinds of reasons why.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, all those damn Mandalorian laws.
0: (laughs) Right? It's kind of ridiculous. (laughs) Well, and one thing I really liked about this episode is, I think until now, and I've seen this a lot online... It's kind of being discussed as though like Bo-Katan and all her people, you know, they're like the normal Mandalorians and they've got kind of normal ideas. But Din and the the watch people and the people who follow the this is the way, they're the, they're the super out there ones who are religious fanatics. And to me, what this reminded me of, of is like Din and his group have their sense of religious law and you mm-hmm. cannot take the helmet off and you have to follow this version of the creed and all that. And, but, but Bo Katan and her people do have, have the same kind of a thing. Yeah. Because to them, like, to them, the fact that he gives her the dark saber doesn't matter. The fact that she claims it after he's lost it in battle and he, she rescues him doesn't matter. And I think Bo herself has gotten kind of cynical about it, but the people she wants to lead, they have just as much kind of fanaticism, not fanaticism is kind of the wrong word, but they, they have just as much, you know, You know, blinders on and total devotion to the letter of the law, to the Darksaber law, as he and the Armorer do to the helmet Law.
1: Yeah, it's like what we were kind of talking about the last episode. You know, you scoff at this, but you're also doing it equally. Like, um, question, does she have to kill him? She doesn't have to kill him. She just has to beat him in a fight.
0: She doesn't have to kill him. She has to beat him in a fight. Yeah.
1: Okay. I feel like. I feel like they could just put on a show.
0: <laughs> you know, you'd think that. And, and I think a lot of it goes to where Bo-Katan's character is right now. Because, I mean, she could have just, like, taken the, the Darksaber and stabbed him while he was in that cage, yeah. you know? She, she could have fought him a hundred oh, times before oh, then.
1: Can we can we get real for a second? I was – when he was like, uh, I'm still going. And she's like, fine, I'll just take you down to show – like, show you where it is. I was like, oh, she's definitely going down there. Because I thought – I thought to bathe in the waters means you had to take all your little Mando, you know, mm-hmm. armor off. And even when they got down there, she's down there. She has a little smile. It's like, oh, sis wants to see what he looks like. And then he <laughs> didn't do it. And then he, I was like, oh, wait, he's going in all. Ah,
0: oh. she wasted this whole trip for nothing. Right. I was like, I get <laughs> with her. I thought he was cr- going to take his helmet off. <laughs> I, you know, I get with her whole crew. Well, I think a lot of people, myself included, thought he might take a lot more than the helmet off. And we're yeah. here for that, too. bo um, as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but i the <laughs> I, I definitely think that, yeah, it was interesting to me that he he goes to be bathed in the water as well. Like what I would think of as him, that like his skin, no part of it is going to touch. But I think that's part of the point is that mm. in their culture, he is the armor. And so, yes, he is being bathed in it because the armor is being bathed in it.
1: Oh, uh, so not to jump around, but what do you do you think happened to him when he went into the water? Did he just misstep where the ledge was? Or do you think something grabbed him?
0: So did you see the kind of huge monster thing? I that did. We saw? That, yeah, that, that's question two. Let's follow up. <laughs> exactly. So we're not officially told, but all indications are that that is the mythosaur, right. which is a creature. We... She just read about. Right, exactly, which we've heard <laughs> about being this great creature from legend. Cool. And so I thought it's possible that the mythosaur grabbed him or that just there was some kind of like – although then he kind of wonder why the mythosaur let him go. Mm. Um, I think it's also possible, yeah, that he just kind of like stepped in the wrong place or like – there was a whirlpool, or maybe something the mythosaur was doing was like kind of bringing him down. Because he went down faster
1: than she did with her blasters on, and that was yeah. like what I noticed. I'm like, how did he get down there so quick?
0: <laughs> well, and, and he was in the middle of, of saying the creed when it happened. Like, right. I don't think he in, in any way intended to do that. Okay. Yeah, so it was just this. It was just this kind of crazy attack moment. But I think certainly seeing the mythosaur was – for those of us who've been waiting for that for decades, like it was a huge moment. And clearly I think we're going to get a lot more into the mythology and the lore of Mandalore. Well, um, that,
1: that thing wouldn't be trying to like kill them though, right? It's just like cute because I was, mean, <laughs> it looked like an elephant.
0: It, you know, I think the name mythosaur is kind of significant. I think part of the point is that by the time – any of the stories are being told you know it's it's like that line from uh, Lord of the Rings you know history became legend legend became myth I think that's exactly what the mythosaur is and so I'm guessing they don't know anything about it Hmm. some stories might be that it's this ferocious killing machine because all Mandalorians are (laughs) the truth might be that actually it was by Mandalorians learning to live in peace with it that they had this thing and the whole warrior culture is kind of problematic Hmm. um which would be huge because cause Bo-Katan is the sister of Satine. Obi-Wan
1: Kenobi is not girlfriend.
0: Exactly. Yeah. The one who... <laughs> oh, he, I don't he, want he, to spoil anything, but... Yeah. No. she. Uh, I'm okay spoiling a show that's 15 years old by now.
1: Okay. Uh... It,
0: it's all been... Yeah. She is dead. Um, yeah. And she was fighting against the group that Bo-Katan was a part of. And the two of them had this real rivalry. Mm. But part of it was that Satine wanted to bring peace to Mandalore. She wanted them to not be these warriors. And part of the idea is that there were a number of groups that splintered away and said, no, 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 we have to be warriors. Yeah. And that one of them was the group that were so much into that, they were like, we should never even take our helmets off. Our weapons should be part of our religion. Like, yeah. that that... Always go- Someone always goes overboard. <laughs> yep. So yeah, so I think where we're going with the Mythosaur, I think it's going to be a really interesting story about What is Mandalore? What does Din believe? What does Bo-Katan believe? How do those both relate to the truth? How is it all going to come together?
1: So it's a big deal that Bo-Katan saw the mythosaur because she thinks it's all hocus
0: pocus. Very much so, yeah. Cool. I think it's entirely possible that one or both of them might not want to even believe that it's a mythosaur. Mm. You know, they might think it's just some weird thing. Like maybe the Empire left it here. <laughs>
1: I'm like, I don't know. That looked a lot like our helmets. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think you're so right. And let's even go back. So what did you think of Bo-Katan at first, like where she was like so angry at Din and then just on a dime, she changes immediately to from yelling at them to be like, oh, Din's in trouble. I've got to go rescue him.
1: Uh, for a second, I thought like, oh, she's going to see this as a moment to like seize the Darksaber because I don't really know, you know, her as a character too much. But now I feel like I really do because, yeah, yeah, she's immediately like, oh, my God, where is he? Where? Ah. But also the babe you know, Grogu is just so gosh darn cute.
0: Yeah. How do you say <laughs> yeah, How do you, no do you say Grogu? no? <laughs> I think that's a part of it. But mostly to me, this reminded me a lot of the moment you see in like a MCU movie or a DC movie. Where the hero realizes they have to be the hero, you Yeah. Know, that they can't just go back and hide. That they have to say, "Someone needs me. I have the ability to do this. I'm going to go do this." Yeah, and it was. I loved it because I think like, Bogota has been this very morally gray character for a while, and seeing her fully be the hero she we knew she could be is just amazing.
1: And I love that Din knew that that's the one person he could reach out to. Like I feel like that wasn't just. A random choice. Yeah. It would be somebody who's also brave enough to go to Mandalore,
0: which right. turns out to be great, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> he could breathe. No, I think that's so true. And the fact that he recognizes that she was right, you know, that she's been right all along, that the planet is still livable, that they can still go back, that the curse has been broken. This was another thing I thought was a little bit off about the episode, the way he says it, like, it's so exposition-y. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like eh, could we have that be a little more subtle and not so on the nose? There were
1: a couple lines that were a little, like, ugh.
0: Yeah. There's I can't
1: a- – there was one specific. I God, I can't remember it. But I was like, who wrote this?
0: <laughs> yeah. It, but but I think the idea of it getting across – and and I I kind of wish we had seen it. But I have to believe that at some point, like, the droid showed her a rec- recording of, like, him saying that, you know? Because mm-hmm. it was just so – Other, I don't know if the droid was with them, but certainly Grogu could convey that somehow.
1: I guess. Like, at least... I'm glad we're starting to get him, like, advancing a little bit in his age. Like, he's starting to, like, kind of make noises and jump around and be able to do stuff. Like, him throwing that little creature out was great. I was like, yeah, get him. I love Grogu at full power. He's going to be such a great Sith Lord. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But also him learning from Din is really cute because he... we, of course they're like oh look learn map stuff so obviously we're gonna have you know map stuff or right. some kind of thing in the episode um but yeah it's it, he's uh i'm like are we gonna make him a Ma- he's either gonna be a sith or a mandalorian by the end of this i'm not yeah. sure where we're going
0: you know it's he could grow up to be snoke i don't think that's gonna oh, happen no, but- no 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 <laughs> anything's possible I reject that. I reject
1: it. Yeah, oh, I that... remember it was when they were already down there and they're standing on the thing after we've said like five times that they were on their own. And he was like, well, we're going even lower. Guess we're on our own. I'm like, you've been on your own the last five times that you said you're on your own, man. Yeah. And we're still going down. I get it.
0: We're cut off from everyone in the Ken's galaxy. Like, Ken's like, like,
1: well, how do okay. they know that the air is better down there? Who's testing the air quality as you go deeper down? I'm like, stop it. It's too. You can't think about those things. Push it out. Yeah, I, I do
0: need to draw a cool connection, and you have seen this before. Okay. Did you recognize the red and white droid who he winds up bringing along with him to test the air? I,
1: like, kind of recognized it. Like, I want to say, like, a dory, but that's not its name. That's a fish. Uh, it's painted up better. But where is it in the newer movies?
0: No. So all the way back in A New Hope, oh. when, Luke and <laughs> o- when Luke and Uncle Owen go to buy a droid, the first droid they buy is this red and white thing, and then it has a motivator unit that blows, and because it blows up, we instead get R2D2. Oh, that's beautiful. That's the same one. Down to and like I looked at it, I was like, is that the same one? And then I looked closer and they showed like burn marks exactly where that motivator blew before. Um so that was awesome. And Yeah, like,
1: that's special for for just you guys. Yep. I love stuff like that so much. I just like hearing and learning it.
0: Yeah. I mean, just these little Easter eggs. Are, it's like when I listen to the terror theater stuff and you draw those things in, I'm like how like someone's referencing a movie of like one of the people they love. <laughs> it's just so great because that's the thing. It's like you don't lo- – if you think it's just a random droid, you don't miss anything. But it's just right. this one little added layer. I'll also say – I won't give it away. But for anyone who has read or for anyone who wants to read the books – um, from a certain point of view, which are just a series of little like five to ten page mini short stories told from the point of view of different characters throughout the the movies, one of them is told from the point of view of that droid. Oh, that's uh, so fun. And it's fantastic. It's is the really, whole really, book
1: beep boop peep boop.
0: Yeah. So so glad he got to have his moment. You do an audiobook. <laughs> and yeah, I agree with you that I think we were ready for Grogu to start doing some more. And the fact that he's not like he's not verbal yet but he can clearly understand everything that's being said to him and he can convey it enough. Like I'm guessing that there was some degree of like – like I kind of wish we had seen Bo-Katan talking to some combination of him and the droid to figure it all out because mm-hmm. I'm really interested in how that happened. But the fact that the droid was able to tell the, – the Grogu was able to tell the droid where to go, communicate Keep with her, bring everyone pointed. back <laughs> – it was just great.
1: I really and I really enjoyed the scenes with uh her and and Grogu, just like being yeah. like, you know, buck up, Buttercup. We're moving forward. Stop being like he needs a little bit of that tough yep. love that she's got there. I think she's a great influence on him.
0: And her line, do you think he's the only Mandalorian? Oh, Which I love so
1: that because he was just like in all of her. It's like yeah, she pow pow pow. Oh, I loved it.
0: And her telling him the stories about the other Jedi that she knew was just because again, like he has So to, she knows ah- Ahsoka? She knew Ahsoka. And she Anakin, knew Obi-Wan.
1: And I okay. Yeah,
0: she worked with all of them. Okay, cool. In season seven of the Clone Wars, which I think pretty much everyone would agree is far away far and away the best. One of the major plot lines of that is that Darth Maul has taken over uh Mandalore. He has the dark saber. He's ruling Mandalore. Bo Katan needs help to to knock him out of power and to drive him and and his people out. And so she goes to the Jedi to help. Does he t- have Satine? Uh, Satine has been Satine is long dead by this point. Oh, okay, interesting. And and so Obi Wan is already kind of so emotionally torn up over this. And originally, all of them are going to go help, but then Obi Wan and Anakin get called away. Because the the chancellor is being kidnapped on Coruscant.
1: Oh, sh- that's the beginning of the movie. Ah, oh, exactly. That's and so the crazy. only one so who go- Order sixty six happens while everybody's like separated.
0: Exactly. And the crazy. only one the only one who can go is Ahsoka. And so it explains why in the world wasn't Ahsoka there when Anakin fell. <sighs>
1: Well, that's a good – that's a – that's very good writing. Somebody put some time into and figuring out a good yeah. reason for his Padawan that they don't mention at all mm-hmm. uh, to not be there.
0: Yeah. And they they really do a good job with it. And, and the reason why it matters for this is it's great character growth for Bo-Katan because she had been one of the many Mandalorians who thought the Jedi were the enemy. And so that's the mm. moment where she really partners with the Jedi. And so when she now talks about the Jedi to Grogu, it's just like, oh, it's all coming around.
1: I mean, this is going so off, but like, so why did the Jedi and the Mandalorian have problems with each other if they were all cool before? What happened in three sentences? <laughs> Just kidding, I'm kidding. I don't Mandal- know to-
0: <laughs> uh, Mandalore has never really wanted to fit easily into the Republic. They've always had a warrior culture. From the Jedi perspective, they were always warlike, and the Jedi had to put them down. From the Mandalorian perspective, the Jedi were these like bullies and enforcers of the Republic, and so mm. they wanted their freedom and independence. Um, a lot of it is told in the EU book, the extended universe books, which are no longer officially canon or that part of the mm. Disney canon. They are their own canon. So we, we don't have too much of it in Disney canon, but some of that same idea has been has been reasserted. And the last time a Mandalorian was a Jedi, that person made the Darksaber oh. and then broke with the Jedi. Oops. And the reason why Beskar is so important is not only is it resistant to blasters, but it's Best resist- car is the only material that lightsabers can't cut through.
1: Cool. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And so they're specifically that. trained in how to fight Jedi, which is okay. awesome. Yeah.
1: It's like if they also weren't so, like, both of them are just so religious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're mm-hmm. just so set with a, I would never be a Jedi. I could never be a Jedi. Yeah. It, I. Like, it all sounds cool until you, like, look at it on paper and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but also with that, like, I'm like, oh, I'm more a Mandalorian. I'm like,
0: oh, wearing a
1: helmet all the time. That doesn't sound like my bag.
0: Yeah. It's, that's it, why
1: I like Bo-Katan so much, because I like, I feel like that's me. Yeah. And the I, Darksaber.
0: I think, <laughs> and I think part of it is because she saw what happened to her sister, but she's also seen what happened to Death Watch when they went too far the other direction. Yeah. she And I think that's what makes her character so wonderful is it's why she's so jaded, so cynical, because she has seen all of it and none of it's worked. And now the fact that they're giving her hope again, I'm really excited to see where her character goes. It's
1: funny that you say that because I saw that on her face the entire episode. Mm. She was like looking happy. And I'm like, oh, we're not, you know, Wednesday Adams. She's always, you know, all business, no fun. But in this episode, the you know, her acting was so good that I was noticing. I'm like, wait, she's happy about all this stuff that's going on.
0: Yeah, I, I think when we look back at this whole thing in 10, 20 years, we're going to talk about Katie Sackhoff as one of the truly great actors in Star Wars because she's played the same character almost – like if, if she continues another couple of years, she'll have played it for, for 20 years. You know? That's
1: amazing. And it's yeah, amazing. The character
0: has evolved because she started out somewhat happy-go-lucky, like part of this kind of terrorist group and – well – Terrorist by some <laughs> definitions, she not was by such others. A happy little terrorist. <laughs> but but she like she was sometimes teasing her sister about, you right. know, not being so uh, you know, letting having some fun sometimes. And yeah, her character has just evolved in so many directions. And you just you just have to root for her at this point.
1: It does make me nervous though, the whole Darksaber of it all. You know, the elephant in the room. Because like, what's gonna
0: happen with that? Right. Yeah, we don't know. Oh no. don't know. So uh any other last things about this episode you wanted to comment on?
1: Oh, I think we I think we covered it. Um I don't know what the heck that robot living creature thing was, but I love that they did like a horror movie thing on it. You know, you gotta you have to make sure they're dead.
0: (laughs) Yep. You gotta kill the head.
1: Gotta kill the head.
0: Yeah I love that the other thing I just wanted to bring up is Pelimoto, who's the the mechanic played by Amy Sedaris. We've seen her a bunch by now. I
1: love her. Her wig is goddamn awful. Ugh. Her what? Her wig is terrible. It's her... so distracting. I'm like, somebody give her a little bit of a better wig because I love her.
0: It <laughs> would be better. I love her, and just the fact that she's running this kind of brilliant scam with the Jawas—that you know, the Jawas steal <laughs> all the parts, then she's like, "Sorry, it's going to be super expensive to replace them." Except the Jawas have all the parts. She replaces them. She paints them different colors. She tells them to go out and rob others. Like, it, it, it's just, you gotta love it. You hustler. Know? I'm a hustler, baby. Having fun. And did you catch what it was they were talking about? The holiday that was coming up? to Eve? Nope. <laughs> Tell so me. the race that Anakin wins that earns him so much attention, the pod race, is the to Eve classic.
1: Oh, so it's like their Formula 51.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's the Indy 500. Cool.
1: That's why there are all those fireworks.
0: Yep. Cool. Exactly. Cool. 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 Yeah. A lot of
1: fireworks on that town. I like it. Yeah. yeah, You
0: know, there's nothing to burn. It's all super, you know, deserty. So. (laughs) It's so true. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, I want Ashley to give a chance to talk about all the great things she's doing, but I want to make a quick announcement first, which is that this podcast was born out of an amazing group of podcasts called the Stranded Panda Podcast Network. Um. Even before I started doing this one, I started doing the, the superhero ethics because I was listening to these two guys named Matt and Jeff talk about the MCU, uh, the MCU cast. I started writing in my crazy ideas to them. They read them out. They listened to me. They, they had me on. It really inspired me to create a podcast. So, and, and they are the ones who started the po- uh, Stranded Panda podcast network that now, uh, the MCU cast is part of, Star Trek, uh, cast is part of. Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater, a lot of great podcasts, and uh, my podcasts have been a part of it up till today. Uh, Today I'm announcing that we are taking the podcasts over to the True Story FM podcast network. Uh, They're the people who do the MCU, who do the Marvel Movie Minute podcast, among a lot of other great others. Um, And it's kind of a bittersweet day for me. It is, I love Stranded Panda so much, Stranded Panda is doing amazing things, it continues to do amazing things. It's just not quite where my podcasts are going, and so that's why... I think True Story is going to be a little bit of a better fit, but uh, I know Matt is going to continue to come on some of my podcasts. Ashley, who's now another one of the co-hosts of the MCU podcast, uh, is, is staying on here, for at least through this season. And, um, you know, it just – I have all the love in the world for the Stranded Panda Podcast Network. I definitely want to encourage people, if you're not already, go to strandedpanda.com. Pretty much any fandom that you're interested in, they're probably doing a podcast on uh the new shazam movie is coming out in just a couple days they're doing a podcast on that on bingers assemble uh i've had a great fun on panda vision talking about shows like the boys and umbrella academy i know that ashley is right now doing a whole series on all of the oscar movies you could imagine to watch <laughs> they're all up there so please check that all out in terms of listening to this podcast everything should stay the same if you have trouble getting any of the upcoming episodes uh please let me know but you shouldn't uh we're putting a pause on Patreon for the moment because it is going to be – we're shifting to kind of a membership system over there. If you're a patron already, don't worry. You're going to keep all the same great benefits you have. You're not going to pay a dollar more. If you're thinking about becoming a patron, I'd say just hold off on a couple weeks till we get all the membership stuff lined up. Um, but so please do all of that. Uh, and and mostly, though, please, again, check out all the great things that are happening on Stranded Panda. And I will ask one of its uh, chief ambassadors, Ashley, tell us what you're doing these days.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to say, like, it's great that, you know, we are able to collaborate and do different things on different streams and bring different networks over to different, you know, listeners. And I think it's going to be great uh, for you. And we're really I'm you know, I'm really excited to see all the different things that you might do with this network. And it's going to be really great. Yeah. Um, and we're all going to still collab and it's going to be fun. It'll be nice. We have crossovers. Like It's just like Buffy and Angel. Yeah. It's I not so. over. It's, yeah. You know, it's just going to be better because now there's more. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I'm on Bingers Assembled doing the Oscar stuff, Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater. We are going hard for the screen movies because the premiere... Of Scream 6 is this weekend, uh, whenever this comes out, or uh, the 11th, and we just finished our episode on the original Scream movie, which is a long one, so Mm -hmm. buckle up, everybody, (laughs) but there was a lot to talk about, and, you know, you can always find us at the MCU cast, we're covering all things Marvel, all the most recent news, feedbacks, everything that you guys have to say, so, yep, I'm around.
0: Awesome, awesome, and we're going to have a little bit more with Ashley in just a second, because for those uh, patrons... Uh, you'll get in the bonus content. We're actually going to ask Ashley for some Oscar predictions, uh, now that, with all the things that she's seen. Uh, but I just want to say, uh, if you, the most, the most important reason why I do this podcast, uh, is because I love feedback. I want to have these conversations with you all. I love having them with Ashley. I love having them with Paul and with Aaron and all the other great, with Riki and Sarah and all the other great co-hosts I've had. <clears throat> But I love having them with you as well. So please write in. Let us know your thoughts. What do you think of this episode? What do you think of Bo-Katan and where her journey is going? Is that the Mythosaur? What was it like watching it for you? You can find us on email, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. All those you can find in the show notes or we're going to theethicalpanda.com. So uh, stick around. <laughs> write
1: in to tell me anything that you think I need to know. I yes, want to know. Yes, exactly. I, I don't know. You tell me.
0: <laughs> how, you know, it, it, it just is great opportunity. Let uh, let and as learn. well, also, if you're someone else who hasn't watched, like, I want this pod. I, I think I think there's a lot of other great Star Star Wars podcasts out there. I'm not claiming that I'm the only good one by any means, but I do know, and I've heard complaints about this that there are some where they're just acting like if you haven't seen the Clone Wars, like, how can you call yourself a Star Wars fan? What are you doing? And I can, <laughs> you know, to me, if Mandalorian is literally the only Star Wars thing you've ever watched. I still want you listening, and I want I want you to be, feel welcome here. So let me know what this is like for you. Whatever, however much of the Clone Wars you have or haven't seen, all that's in the show notes. And so I'm having myself, Ashley. Thank you so much for listening. We have spoken.
1: Bye. You have to go back and find that because when you accidentally said Star Trek instead of Star Wars, I literally did a spit take.
0: <laughs> that's I so good.
1: Spit, and I had to, and I saw it went boop. boop. And I had to make sure I was I- – <laughs> the,
0: the, the context there because, yes, I am still recording and, yes, this will be in the episode, is that <laughs> Matt and I, Matt, Carol and I have this constant, like, good-natured, like, which is better, Star Trek or Star Wars? I love both. He loves both. <laughs> but we have our favorites and we have a little rivalry and, and I constantly mix those two up. And so I would be in the middle of talking <laughs> to him about why Star Wars is so much better and I would say Star Trek instead and he'd be like, ah, gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. Anyway. I think
1: that's why he wears the Star Wars shirt that says Star Trek at the bottom.
0: It's like all oh. oh, this because yep. of you. <laughs> yep. So I love it. We have spoken. Engage. <laughs> Bye. Welcome back for our patrons. Thank you all so much for being a part of this. I know um, y- your support, it just really means so much to me because it means that, like, I mean, it helps keep the lights on, helps pay for things, but also it's just such a great acknowledgement that this is important to you and that you value the content we're creating. So. Ashley, I know you have gone where others have feared to tread. You have watched an awful lot of the movies that are nominated for the Oscars, Mm -hmm. uh, some of which are, you know, utterly beloved. Others of which are, you know, little things no one's heard about. Let's just go through some of the big categories and uh, talk about who you think are going to win the Oscars. But, But let me just start with just a general question of like overall, like what's your kind of feel for like where does the Academy think the best movies are going right now?
1: So I will say that this year, um, not last year because of uh COVID and the year before but the year before that. So I guess it would be like uh 19- 1999. <laughs> 2019 and then the last couple of years have been so much more inclusive mm-hmm. for movies, for actors, for stories. And yeah. it's been a really beautiful thing to see. But it has made it extremely hard to play our Oscars game and to give predictions because this year is is really hard. This is the yeah. hardest year. Uh, and like, Ken's, like you say that every year because I win every year. But um, I'm very nervous about uh, this year. I, I said to him, I was like, I feel like we're not going to score high at all. Uh, I have n- I have. Everything is so diverse, every single category, and everyone brings such a different story and a different um, piece of work to every performance that, uh, I I don't know, it's, I mean, it's, and I've watched every Oscar movie, except we don't watch animated short film or animated film. That's Mm -hmm. the only ones we don't watch. So we're doing your documentary shorts, we're doing your, you know, um, regular shorts yeah uh, which which i honestly think they should make easier for people to find yeah um we have three films left out of all of these and it's it's been a journey
0: that's awesome <laughs> ask that's me awesome. your questions <laughs> and, and yeah, i do love what you're saying there because that, that's kind of the impression that i've gotten is that it's you know it, it's hard to say which is the best because it's sort of like okay well what style of movie do you love most and the person yeah. who loves this style of movie most there's a movie that's nominated. That's one of the best examples of that style. Mm-hmm. But if you love this other kind of style, well, there's one of the best of that kind of style. And <clears throat> best picture is ridiculous
1: because every year they add more and more to it, which makes it more difficult. But it mm-hmm. also makes it easy for me to kind of break it down. So if we look at best picture, it's All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, everything all at once, The Fableman's Tar. Top Gun, Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking. Right now, I can tell you, All is Quiet, Avatar, Top Gun, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking, and Elvis are not winning. Yeah, But those last four, you start to break it all down, it really comes down to Everything Everywhere All at Once and The Fableman. Mm-hmm. The Fableman was so good. And it's a love letter to Hollywood, which the Academy (laughs) adores. Right. And it's uh like it's Spielberg's semi autobiographical film. Right. it's I don't know how much is about his life, but I know that it is influenced by, you know, everything that he has gone through. And there are some really great performances in that. Everything Everywhere All at Once was such a good movie it's not my favorite movie but this Mm -hmm. is where i start to think of the academy like i think that they're going to win so many categories yeah and we play the game with what you want to win and what you think will win Mm. what you want to win is one point what you think will win is two points and if you go all in that's five points so like that's kind of like how we do our game okay every one of my categories are split
0: yeah I can see that, yeah. because And I think that's kind of a perfect example, because, like, everything, everywhere, all at once is this, like, <clears throat> the acting is incredible. The writing and direction, I think, are great. But also, it's just, like, it is doing so much stuff with movie making as an art.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas The Fableman, as I understand, is pointing a camera at people talking. And, like, it's amazing acting and directing and writing. But it's, like, <clears throat> again, I haven't seen it, but what's been described to me is, like, it's the kind of thing that could be like you could make that into a play as well, and I don't think that's a bad yeah. thing at all. But I think that's just a very different. I can see some people be like, "That's the kind of movie we love. We don't want all the special effects stuff. We want telling a story with great characters and great writing and great acting." And mm-hmm. other people are like, "This is about movie making, and this movie does incredible things with the movie movie making." You know, so it's just it, it feels like that's just going to be as much about what, what style people like.
1: And and that's why every category is very hard, because you have best directing. It's both of those movies. You have cinematography. Um, You have all of acting, like leading roles, supporting roles. It, it's all this movie is up for, I believe it's 11 Oscars, which is the same amount as like Lord of the Rings Return of the King. There's yeah. only three movies in the history of the Oscars that have had 11 nominations. And well, now there's four.
0: Yeah. Well, because I think normally the idea is – and I think there's—I don't think this is as true as people think it is. But I think there is some truth to it that you either spend all your money on the best quality actors or on the best quality sci-fi, you know, special effects. Right, right. And that often if a movie is very special effects driven, then yeah, you're kind of going for the foreign audiences anyway. It's like, who cares about what the actors are?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's where it gets hard. Like visual effects is um, Avatar – The Batman, Black Panther, Top Gun, Maverick, and All's Quiet on the Western Front. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, like Black Panther was really, really good. But Avatar, because it's Avatar is going to win. And I just I don't agree with that. And I'm telling you, I I guarantee they're going to win because they put it up for a bunch of other movies. And I don't know. It's just you would think that uh, everything everywhere all at once would be up for visual effects. I was pretty surprised that it wasn't.
0: Yeah. Are you, sur- I don't remember if you like this movie much, but are you surprised that the Batman didn't get in there for Best Picture? No, I'm not surprised at that.
1: Okay. No. Um, the Batman is up for, uh, visual effects and I believe makeup and hairstyling. Yeah. For Colin Farrell. But I will say, um, the whale is probably going to take, it's going to be between the whale or Black Panther. Okay. Um, But and this is how hard it is to think about that category, because if you look at Black Panther, all of the things they did with hair and makeup for so many characters and and just like whole cultures and people and and dozens and dozens of characters. It's amazing. Every detail like nothing was overlooked. It is fabulous. The whale is one makeup that takes six hours on one person, but looks unbelievably realistic. Right. And how do you, how do you even, it's hard. I do think that the whale is going to win that because I think that costume design is going to go to Black Panther. um, But they're up for costume design against everything, everywhere, all at once.
0: Yeah, which is also incredible.
1: Uh, There is a, uh, the the behind the scenes on uh, Disney Plus about Black Panther um, was amazing. Mm -hmm. It really goes into how much work they did to all the costumes and to everything so i'm going uh for costume design i'm going with black panther that's my all-in i really do think that they're gonna win um but it's hard because elvis is in there too and that was you know it's a hard year
0: (laughs) yeah i can see that and and there again it's like you know that's another style of movie that a lot of people love it's like the biopic you know i Mm -hmm. i saw elvis i thought it was fine you know but i didn't think it was again anything kind of revolutionary or groundbreaking in terms of movie making but yeah the costumes the setting like i'm a
1: boz lerman stan so it's really hard for me to not vote for them in anything that's (laughs) fair i don't elvis and that's what ken's like the so many things are up for so many things and he you know you're like trying to pick you're like okay is this this movie is up for almost every category are they really not going to give them anything yeah and it's like yeah i think so
0: yeah now uh to go back to Black Panther, I know cuz you're also the MCU person, is this going to be the year that the MCU wins an acting nom- wins an acting award? Is Angela Bassett going to win best supporting actress?
1: No, I think so. Yeah. I think that that is going to uh go to uh uh I don't know how to say her name exactly, but it's Hong Chau, I believe, C H mm-hmm. for The Whale. Uh she was just in a movie The, the Menu recently and um I thought her performance and that was amazing. Angela Bassett mm-hmm. has a very good chance, though. It, uh, it's hard yeah. because then it's also for supporting... At, it's Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Stephanie Huzu, I guess, from yeah. both of them, from everything, all everywhere, all yeah, at once. Yeah,
0: two characters in the same movie in the same category seems very odd to me. I
1: know. And it's been very split with people winning throughout all of award season so far. Like, everybody's kind of gotten one. Yeah. So it really comes down to... Um, Realism in acting And she She choked me up in one of her scenes And that mm. affected me So I have to split that category at, yeah. Like if I think I, It's a hard cut ca- Best supporting actress And uh, Best actress are extremely hard this year
0: Yeah uh, Best actor is a little easier
1: Yeah best actor is definitely going to Brendan Fraser for The Whale, because he's up against uh, Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees, uh, Paul Mescal for After Sun, which was a very random, very sad indie artsy movie, which I'm surprised that even got a a nod. And he did Mm -hmm. great in it, but he's not going to win. And Bill Nye for Living. um, Living was great, but I don't think he's going to win. But Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser came and served in The Whale.
0: I think he's also, like, Let's be honest. The, there's a, a lot of times either politics – and I, I don't mean that in terms of like Democrat or Republican but in terms of like different stories that, that are or not popular uh, as, as well as also just personalities. Like the Brendan Fraser comeback story is one that is so popular right now that I'm not saying he doesn't deserve like a lot of compassion and sympathy and, and attention because of that. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think, I think I can very much understand why that would, that, that plus just amazing acting parts when I've heard it.
1: well, It's kind of crazy to me because Darren Aronofsky is such an amazing film, uh, director. I love all of his stuff. I mean, Black Swan, I have a huge Black Swan tattoo on maybe I loved that movie. Mm. Um, the fact that he's not up for best director and this isn't up for best picture is, is troubling. I want to say, because you yeah. have Top Gun Maverick in there, but you didn't put the Whale, and if you've seen it, you know why I'm saying this. Like,
0: So here's my theory, and and tell me if I'm being too paranoid or too, like, you know, anti-conservative here, but I was shocked when Top Gun Maverick was nominated, and don't get me wrong, I loved the original Top Gun when I was, you know, 10 years old, and have continued to think it's, like, a really fun movie, and I thought this one was another, like, a very fun Top Gun movie. yeah. And then it got nominated, or even just before people were talking about it being nominated, and I didn't get it until I started reading the, the comments of people who were saying it should be nominated. And what I was hearing a lot was, we don't need another woke superhero, we need another good old-fashioned American man's man hero movie.
1: Hmm. And that became I, a- I heard a different- it- because Top Gun made over a billion dollars at a time when we thought the theaters were going out of business, I feel like that's the only reason that they're giving it any mm. sort of accolades, is okay. because it did bring the theater goers back to the, the theaters right after right. the pandemic, which was nothing that a Marvel movie could do.
0: Right. And I I do notice that, like, for the last couple of years, there's been a big push of, like, why does Hollywood seem to hate on a movie if it's popular? So if that's the reason, then I'm a lot better about it. But but that's I just only,
1: but you're not wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean there is that definite. And again, like I don't I don't think that makes. T- I'm not like Top Gun's a Republican movie or anything like that. You know, it. I mean, <laughs> people of all political parties love all movies. But like, it definitely it was a throwback movie to that kind of rah rah America. And I I can see why someone would be like, oh, I don't want a woke DC or MCU hero. I want a, a man's man. And that's just like.
1: <sighs> well that's why weird. People love it. that well that's why there's 10 Oscar movies up. It's like yeah. or are 10 movies up for best picture. It's like you're just kind of throwing right. you're like yeah just you know give them a, a nod. And it's like okay well can we get serious because it makes it really difficult to cover all these when I'm telling you only 4 of them should be in this category.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now now speaking of uh, another great comeback story is my man Top Round going to take best supporting actor? No. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think it's going to go to Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Because I'm already kind of perplexed that Colin Farrell is up for best actor and Brendan Gleeson is up for best supporting actor when I thought that they were very equal yeah. characters in that film. So it's it's confusing to me. But I thought Brendan Gleeson did a really, really good job. I mean, Ty, uh, uh, what's his name? Brian Tyree Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh was in a really powerful movie with Jennifer Lawrence called The Causeway and it was a, like she uh was injured in Iraq and was trying to like uh you know come back and have a life while having a severe brain gi- brain injury and her mom was like oh, like blah 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 and they became friends and he was like a very good supporting actor it was powerful he was going through his own shit it was really good
0: yeah. um and just by the way if anyone doesn't know who I'm talking about I'm talking about Ke Huy Quan I, I hope you got name right. Oh,
1: my not. God. You just said short round, didn't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I knew yeah. exactly who you meant. <laughs> yeah, because the act and that's why I say it's a comeback story. The actor played short round – I think I called him top round by accident – short round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He was this wonderful, like, 10-year-old kid. You know, not, I think if you made that today, you maybe make him a little less of a, a, a white stereotype of an, Asian, of an Asian kid. But he played the role. He was fantastic. And then he really – Disappeared until he came back, and he's the the husband uh, in this movie, and is yeah. just phenomenal. I
1: will say I'm probably going to split that because yeah. I think that uh, Kihiga
0: Guan Uh it's, it's Kihiguan. Ke-hu, I believe.
1: I I believe that the academy might give it to him. But yeah. in my heart, I have to give it to Brendan Gleeson. Just like I don't know, they were both good performances, but Gleeson really brought it. I thought.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
1: He was like, "I just don't want to be your friend. <laughs> get <sighs> off my lawn."
0: <laughs> I, I loved the first half of that movie so much. I did not like great one the second half, but I get that. Well, it's me.
1: so Irish that listen, that is the most Irish movie that has ever Irish ever. It's oh, I just know. Irish stubbornness, like I'm. I'm a musician and. I don't want to hang out with you anymore, just because I don't, because I think you're boring. And if you keep fucking with me, I'm gonna cut my fingers off. And the both of them just non like relentless. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so Irish. I was like, oh my it, god.
0: It definitely is. I'm like, I I, I lived in Ireland. I studied Irish literature and plays, and I also studied Irish history. And so, it, and as a metaphor for the Irish Civil War, I mean, it's a brilliant... <laughs> are you Irish? No, I, I'm Welsh. Then you and Scottish. don't
1: understand.
0: Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I, I eat cornbread, corn beef, and potatoes with anyone, but like, um, I, like, it, ugh, it was just the May the all metaphor for the Irish Civil War that was happening. Yeah, it was, it, I, I know what it was doing. I just, if nothing else, I thought, like, I think the idea of realizing that, like, your friends are holding you back from who you want to be and wanting to explore that and that not being a terrible thing, that was such an interesting idea. That mm-hmm. I wanted a movie that took that idea seriously and and kept with it, and instead went to this much more black comedy of stubbornness. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is this is, I, I just can't deal with the fingers. It's not it a was thing for shot me. But
1: beautifully though.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not. I'm not taking away from the movie. I'm saying that's just my failing as, yeah. a, as a movie watcher. All right. Well, we can go on for hours. And, <laughs> hours. Yeah. We uh, and frankly, cut it. people don't need to go on for hours. Just listen to everything Ashley's doing over at Binger's Assemble, uh, which is a podcast you can find easily. So let me just ask you this. What's your biggest upset? What's the thing that you think is going to happen that if it is – if if this person wins, you're going to be the most like, look, no one else thought I was right, but I told you so? Mm.
1: Oh, that's – that's – oh, that's a hard one. Um, oh, gosh. I'm sorry, you caught me at a... Let me look at all of these things. hmm Let me look at Best Picture. Honestly, if Everything Everywhere All at Once doesn't win for Best Picture. Yeah. That would be It seems like my it's a surprise. very,
0: very strong favorite.
1: Yeah. Triangle of Sadness. Like, I have to split it, because I think Tri- Triangle of Sadness was probably my favorite movie that we've watched. Yeah. Um, it, it's very interesting. Um But no, if Everything Everywhere All at Once doesn't win for Best Picture, I will be very shocked.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Well, Ashley, thank you so much. It was awesome going to hear all your thoughts on this kind of stuff. Thank you. Uh, We'll have uh, definitely have uh, – and Ashley, thank you so much. It was great having you on for all this stuff. And we'll have uh, so much more to talk about after the Oscars as well as next episode of Mandalorian. So tune in for that and to all our patrons. Thank you so much. Have a good night.